Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? It is a lovely week in America as we sweep the Olympics. And if you're listening to this week's later, I hope um, we won a lot of golds. But I've been really enjoying um, watching all those uh, guys swim and girls jump around. (laughs) Those beautiful swimmer boys and those extremely talented girls. But anyway, today we have a show that has nothing to do with physical fitness, but rather really so much to do with how you take a great idea and turn it into a business where you can actually make some money and and build something really fabulous. And so we have an expert in in small business and somebody that helps entrepreneurs take their idea and and turn it into a, you know a million dollar idea and that is the fabulous Sandy Abrams. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big big hand of applause. Tech Cat applause. <laughs> Wow. I feel so loved. Thank you. The studio audience is is really, uh, you know, excited to hear from you. (laughs) Sandy is an old friend of mine. We actually met at a conference years ago called Blogger, which is a big uh, publisher conference around uh, female-centric content. And we met on a train and just kind of fell in friend and business love. And Sandy is the author of a book called Your Idea, Inc., which is all about literally turning an idea into a successful business. Ladies and gentlemen, Sandy Abrams. So, Sandy, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I know we have talked about this forever yeah. about about getting you on here, and you just returned from um, from Sage Sage the Sage Conference. Can you tell us about what that was about? Yes, that is really my favorite conference of the year. It's Sage Summit, and it's the world's largest gathering of small and medium sized businesses. So it's full of I think they had close to twenty thousand attendees. So wow. it's huge, and they have iconic entrepreneurs for keynotes. So it's th- it's a three-day long conference and every morning they open it up with the likes of Richard Branson, Damon John, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, Richard Robert Hershevec, Ashton Kutcher, Yancey Strickler from Kickstarter. And as you can imagine, so it's super inspiring and very educational and a great opportunity for networking. And um Give us a little sense of your background because that will um, help everyone understand what you were doing there because I know you were um, giving some some uh, talks and leading some social media, but give, give us a sense of your background. Sure. I am a self-taught entrepreneur, which you know is very common these days where people without any business experience or business background are turning an idea into a product and bringing it to the marketplace. I did it... Um, with a moisturizing glove that I developed back in 1993. And like many entrepreneurs, I needed this better, upgraded, updated version of the classic kind of white cotton glove beauty secret. So I just rolled up my sleeves and pounded the pavement and built a business, um, a successful business beyond my wildest dreams. We sold to you know companies like Bed Bath & Beyond and Linens and & Things and Bath and Body Works and H2O Plus and Estee Lauder and and really kind of became this crazy business entity. My husband left um, practicing law to run the business with me and 
And it was a wonderful experience and journey. And we still have the company, but after the recession and 2009, 2010, the business changed. Our main contractor went overseas and we've always been manufactured in the U.S. and we wanted to stay here. So we kind of regrouped and really let go of a lot of the wholesale accounts and just sell direct to consumer now. And it was the timing was really serendipitous because I had written my book that you mentioned, Your Idea, Inc., and it, it um, published in January of 2010. And so my mission kind of changed at that time as well, which was just to kind of share my journey and inspire other regular people with great ideas that, you know, if I can do it, you, you can do it. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I was at Sage was to help inspire people to do that today. Now, separately, you're also like a total yoga head, and I know that's not the technical way to say it, but you're very you're yes. a yoga, you're a yoga devotee. Yes. And you actually, um, you know, t- took your yoga and put it into your your sage presentations. Can you tell us about that? Because I think that's exactly kind of a theme here. Is that you know you are a unique person with unique skill sets and unique ideas and you can turn your business into anything you want so what did you do that was so unique this time with your yoga practice i started the workshop with um taking a few deep breaths and i ended the workshop by doing the same thing and then added like a little visualization and a meditation but i mean it didn't take long than 30 seconds and the response was really tremendous. People really enjoyed, you know, you can imagine it's a very high energy atmosphere at the conference. And just to ask people, you know, before they listened to my workshop, just to them that the time was theirs and they were there for a reason. So to try to kind of tune out the atmosphere around them just by taking three deep breaths it was just an easy way it's so hard you know, when someone tries to explain to you how great breath is but when you do it yourself and you just take like three deep breaths you can really understand wow that was- well sandy you're, you're you're dropping out a little bit but what you're basically you're dropping out a little bit but what you're basically saying is you got people to sort of be very present which is not a normal thing to do at a big industry trade show where everyone sort of has business on their mind, but you gave them a tool, a business tool to help them sort of ground themselves. Yeah. And I think Sandy um, has dropped out for a second. We can't hear you. Sandy, maybe you can call back in. And while Sandy is doing that, um, my, my knowledge of, of sort of a lot of what Sandy is doing is, is basically, um, Helping people who have an idea and who want to um, who want to capitalize on that, that idea, but don't have, you know, don't have the skill sets to do that. Um, and so, what a lot of what Sandy's work is is helping people put the pieces together. Now, Sandy, can you hear us? Now I can. Okay, great, great job. We're and we're back using a business tool to solve a business problem. <laughs> Sorry, That's I don't okay. know what happened, but. Well, you yeah, are well, you're on the, you're on the beach, so so sometimes the beach gets in the way of of business. But um, <laughs> I apologize. Oh no, that's okay. And then uh, I notice on social media because you're also very talented at social media that um, a lot of people were responding to you adding in that that yoga that yoga breath to your great presentation on entrepreneurism. Yeah, the response was tremendous, and it's it's very exciting because. 
Um, as you mentioned, I have been doing yoga for a long time. I started yoga 27 years ago, and so it really has helped me. You know, many entrepreneurs tend to be a type A personality, and so having tools like breath and yoga has just really helped me personally with patience, especially patience, and um, just, you know, being more present, which, as you mentioned, is really important the point of me bringing that into my workshop was that as entrepreneurs, we make decisions all day long, a lot of decisions. And those decisions are what lead us down our path, whether it's to success or failure. And, and we have to try to make the best decisions possible rather than making them just to kind of cross them off a list. And so I found that when I was more present and more mindful, making decisions led me you know, down a better path. And, and, and as part of what you're doing um, in this entrepreneur, small business influencer place is also doing a lot of social influencing and also creating um, small business content because it is now, that is the way that we connect with our consumers, correct? Correct. I think that a lot of brands now you know, understand that consumers want more than just a product. They want content and they want value. And so they're looking to outside people like myself or like you to, you know, to bring that content so that they can share it and have, um, you know, someone with a different perspective offering the content. And you have like a gazillion Twitter followers, right? No, but I have quality Twitter followers. <laughs> um, I think it's around 15,000. Um, but I've built, you know, built this amazing, robust, engaging community since my book came out in 2010. And so, um, so yeah, we're, we're all kind of like-minded. We're a like-minded community, which is, is really great. And that when you say qualified Twitter followers, because the thing about Twitter is I could see my Twitter following surge by like 100, you know, followers and then 50 of them will disappear overnight because of all the bots and all the goofy things that are going on. And what you're talking about is that your followers are like the real thing. Yes, yes. I mean, it's been like a slow, steady growth after, you know, after you're at a conference or something and then and you and I've always asked people follow me on Twitter let's talk on Twitter because I just think it's such an amazing social platform and it seems to be where a lot of small business entrepreneurs really like to live and to talk in real time and especially um, you know talk at live events as you know it's just so awesome to be following a live event through the hashtag and be able to connect with people that are actually right there at the event and meet people that you otherwise wouldn't have met and do you think that um, when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit more into actually how you advise, uh, you know, business entrepreneurs, but do you think that there are more small businesses now than ever before, or is it opposite or the same? I mean, is it growing, the amount of people that are jumping in? It is growing, and we'll talk about that after the break, I guess, but it definitely is growing, and especially in what I see, the lifestyle niche, people that don't necessarily aspire to grow a huge, you know, multi-million dollar business or, you know, like a dot-com type business, just a lot of lifestyle businesses where people really want to build a business around the lifestyle that, that they are in, you know, at that certain phase of their life. So like something that it's a hobby, but then it turns into something that they can sell. Well, or that it generates enough revenue that, you know, that where they're able to leave a very unsatisfying career and, and still make the same amount of money, but being able to then do something that they really enjoy. 
Good. I love the way that that sounds. Like I enjoy, say, eating pistachio nuts. Can I turn that into a business? <laughs> Brainstorm about that. You never know. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about more trends in small business and how Sandy Abrams, who is our you know, influencer for entrepreneurs, to really understand how is she guiding them, how is she helping people um, get, get to the place where they are monetizing their ideas. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Sandy Abrams on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, hello, and we are back now with the fabulous Sandy Abrams, who's the entrepreneurial insights maven, as I call her, and that is a very long word. And by the way, I continuously spell entrepreneurial wrong. Um, (laughs) It is a hard word, but we're back with Sandy Abrams, and we were just talking about um, Sandy's work with helping uh, people take their ideas and turn it into business. So how how do you do that? Do people come up to you and say, you know, I make cookies or I want to build a cupcake store? Like, how how does this happen? Yeah, it usually comes from people either wanting to follow their passion just like that. Like they maybe they've become known at their school as, you know, the most amazing cake baker and they're always baking cakes for the bake sale and and they decide, you know what? I could turn this into something. And they turn it into an actual, you know, bakery or or a catering business or something. Um so it usually comes from people either wanting to follow their passion or, like like my story, people wanting to make a better, faster, easier version of a product that's already in the market, but they want something better. So, um, so yeah, I help people figure out the steps um, to taking it from idea to reality. And um, the good news is that there there is no wrong way to launch a business. Every entrepreneur has his or her own unique journey. Uh, and that's kind of also the bad news, that, that right. <laughs> there isn't a recipe for success or a certain formula to follow. Everyone kind of has to find their own way. And in the end, you know, with hindsight being twenty twenty, it's usually that's the best way to learn how to 
grow and run a business is because you've had to experience every facet of the business on your own. Do you find, I mean, this is just an insight I've gotten from Silicon Valley and startups in Silicon Valley who um, craft a great idea, launch it, and then the, uh, you know, the, the landscape, the business, the customers evolve the idea, but the entrepreneur is too stubborn to let it evolve to what it really could be because they just want to hold on to their original idea. Do you, do you find that is true outside of sort of the tech sector that people are just like, this is my idea, even though everyone wants this other thing and I can actually do well by it, I'm just staying to my idea. Absolutely. And I've been guilty of that myself. And I think that it usually, it's because you have this vision, um, you know, of exactly what you want your business to be like. But it, it's very true what you said that a lot of times, you know, your marketplace or your little niche will find you. And therefore, that vision changes a little bit. And the most successful people are the ones who can, you know, be more open-minded and, and listen to the customer feedback and follow that in the right direction. And otherwise, it kind of comes to a place where maybe an entrepreneur is pushed up against the wall and, for example, if they've been running a storefront for so long and just losing money on rent, but the product is doing well on online sales, a lot of times, you know, I've, uh, I've seen them where they just have to close the store and and focus strictly on an online business, even though their dream was always more of a storefront thing. So, yes, that definitely happens outside of the tech bubble all the time and people need to stay open-minded and listen to the customer feedback. Is it also now that um, because of all this tech and the democratization of business tools like Sage, which is a cloud-based sort of financial solution really, um, I mean across the board for businesses, um, is it easy now for, for people to, to start a business now because of that democratization? Absolutely. And I did talk about that in my workshop as well, that it really is uh, easy and pretty affordable depending on the product, of course, um, the product or the service uh, that you want to launch. But it's pretty affordable in most sectors and there's not a whole lot of risk that has to be taken anymore. Startup is much easier. What's more difficult today is standing out because there are so many online businesses and e-commerce sites and so many choices for consumers. So now the difference is you can be up and running and launch pretty quickly, but how are you going to stand out? And what advice do you give to people to stand out? Because as, as an older woman, I've started to cultivate being interesting um, since I'm no longer a young ingenue. So how do, <laughs> so I wear, I wear like funny shoes or I have a great bag or I do something funny with my glasses. So what are, what are businesses doing to be interesting? Well, that's exactly it. They're finding a way to stand out. And I think it's a lot of trial and error on social media platforms. You know, these days there are so many options between Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram. And it's just, it's a lot of experimenting and seeing 
what is resonating and then going from there. And also, I think it's a mix of doing things both online and off. You know, you and I both love to go to conferences and I feel like you learn so much from listening to speakers and panels at the conferences and and hearing the experience that other people are going through is super important because as an entrepreneur, you could sit in front of your own computer at your own desk in your small office every single day, but I think it's important to hear what other what's working for other small business owners and maybe you can integrate some of that into your own plan. So I think it's it's a lot of different things, but it, it's again it kind of comes back to listening and trying new things. And when you um when you talk to someone, what are you finding is the most inspirational to them? Like what gets people really motivated and, and how do they learn better when you're helping them launch their businesses? Well I think what most people love I love sharing stories about startup uh, the stories behind businesses because what I've found is that a lot of times I can find something similar if I'm working with a small business client and I know a story that's similar of someone that's had some some big success and I say look she started the same way you know out of her garage or she started just strictly on Facebook advertising some t-shirts there's there's that um the part of the story that allows someone to see themselves in someone else's success story, and I think that that really helps inspire people to realize that you know our everyone's unique life experience is really valuable, and we can all be entrepreneurs as long as you know we're willing to be creative and persistent, and you know willing to do whatever it takes, but that we're all qualified to do it. Yeah, it's funny. When when you and I first started talking, I would always see in my head that guy from Ronco, um, Ron, I forget his last name. Yes, Papil. Yeah, and and selling the Floby or any of these things. And that, in my head back then, was launching a small business. Like, he would just have the goofiest product yeah. in the world, and he would just get up there on TV and, and just, like, you know, sell it. And, um, and then along came QVC and Home Shopping Network and all these other things where, um, you know, you, you, saw, you saw like the movie Joy where mm-hmm. she had this crazy mop, you know, and now she ha- has built her whole life on, on selling useful products or that hanger that made someone a million dollars. So yes. how, how do you know that you're going to have like that killer product? Well, I think you, with those people that you just mentioned, you can see their passion, and that's what it takes. They believed in that silly mop or that silly hanger or <laughs> you know the, the rotisserie chicken device that, that Ron Popeil was, say, was selling. Like the, the passion that those people have makes it really authentic, and people want to try the product. And that, that passion is still really important today and that's that's what needs to you know come out and that's maybe the difficult part again is is showing that finding a way to show that passion but i think that that's why it's important that entrepreneurs use their own voice on social media because nobody has the passion that you have especially at launch time and we can't all afford broadcast spots even if they're at midnight on that weird cable channel, um, you know, and plus who does that reach? Because I, I, as much as I love going to Bed Bath & Beyond and going to that section of the uh, store where it's all TV yeah. TV ad products and you just, you want it because you saw it on TV. 
mm-hmm. you know, but, but these days you have to leverage other tools to get people to know about, about your product. And when, when we come back in a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit more about what tools on social media that Sandy thinks is the most helpful. But you also blog on, on Huffington Post. What, what do you do there? Yes, that's where I share stories mainly um, of entrepreneurial profiles where I meet people at a trade show or a conference or I read about a new business and I find their story very interesting. I will profile it on Huffington Post. And I also do write some small business insight articles on that on my blog on HuffPost as well. But mainly that's where I share the inspirational stories behind small businesses. And what's the model there these days? Because I know it's changed a lot, but, it, you know, how do you get involved with writing on HuffPost? Well, I believe um, you, would, you would reach out. I've been blogging there for about five years. Um, and so, it, you know, yes, things have changed, and there are a lot of different verticals now. But I would suggest if someone's interested in blogging for HuffPost that you reach out to the editor of the specific vertical that you're interested in writing for, like whether it's the parenting vertical, the business vertical, and you reach out to the editor and, you know, explain why your voice is going to be a benefit to that vertical. And then you can start blogging on there. And it's also another great way to connect with people online and have, you know, further conversations from pieces that you write. That's one of the things that I really love about blogging with HuffPost. Yeah, I mean, and I notice you're very strategic about it when you post something on HuffPost and you use the other social media platforms to push to it. And so it all kind of, and any sort of channel into Sandy Abrams um, is is uh, made available on all your different channels. Yeah, and I, I still try to be a little bit unique on each platform based on, because, you know, different people follow me and you on, on the different platforms. So while I may be dri- driving everybody back to one article, I, I can do it in different ways on the different platforms. And that's great information, too. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit into sort of the different tools that are out there for small business owners. Um, and some of them are social media and some of them are some other tools that uh, I think it would be great to hear from you, Sandy, like what you think is absolutely imperative for a small business owner to have. And, and Sandy also wants to interview me yes. <laughs> um, because um, one of the things that we, we do do a lot together is attend conferences and capture thought leadership at conferences. And so it's very interesting to, to talk about and look at the the power of conversation. Yes. People hearing people talking about things and how that helps to to sell to sell products. And just before we go to our break, what what is the, the your most favorite thing, your most favorite business tool that you have brought into your business in the last year or two? Like anything that you've just really started using that you love? Um I no, not I have to think about that. Um well, I love um, WhatsApp and Slack. Oh, great. Group text messaging groups where I can have like international friends. Um, like a lot of my Sage colleagues are based in the UK and we, so we wouldn't necessarily text each other, but we can all be on either a WhatsApp or a Slack app and we can text all the time. And I think it's a great way to make the world smaller and have these group messaging uh, platforms that have really been a great asset to me over the past year. Yeah, I mean, the big thing that happens to me, and I, I might have talked about this on the show, but you know when you get a notification on your phone and you have no idea 
which platform the notification came from. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're just, you see, it comes up and you're not sure. Was it text? Was it Facebook? Was right. WhatsApp? Was it Twitter? Like what it was. And you just know somebody reached out to you, but you're not, you know, you're not sure where it was. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, tech overload. Yep. It's, it's, te- it's tech overload. And I think that speaks to another trend that in the end, it's not really about the app itself, but the, the pushing of the messages to grab people to pull them back in. Absolutely. That's a good point. All right. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get a little bit more deeper into into some of the tools and social platforms that Sandy loves to use with um, some pushback and encouragement from the Tech Cat. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All righty, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show chatting with the fabulous Sandy Abrams, who's the entrepreneurial insights maven. And Sandy is a small business expert really helping people jump into their ideas and turn them into businesses and so we were talking a little bit about you know almost technology overload on your phone and when you get so many notifications you don't know where they're from but what social media tools do you think are the most important and what what are the ones that are doing whatever they do best First of all, I love that entrepreneurial insights maven. I can't <laughs> new business cards. <laughs> um well, I mean, you know, I love Twitter. I feel like the accessibility on Twitter of anybody that you want to reach um, is there for you. You know, CEOs that you might admire um, and want to reach out to are there, you know, tweeting themselves, journalists, you know, celebrities, whatever, whoever you want to access. I really feel that um, Twitter is a great platform. Having said that, that seems to be where my community lives. Um, but I've also seen amazing um, businesses have success, you know, on Facebook more so with utilizing, you know, affordable targeted marketing advertising campaigns on Facebook. Um, 
So I think as well as Instagram. And again, it just it depends on where your customers are living. And that's why I think it's important that even if you think you're doing great on Facebook, you, not to ignore the other platforms, that even if you're successful on one, you could be even more successful on another. So... So yeah, so it's really just deciding, and I and I guess what I hear over and over again at marketing conferences is that more and more companies and publishers are dedicating to people to use <clears throat> specific platforms that have the skill sets best for those platforms because the platforms are always changing, mm -hmm. and so you have to have someone sort of just paying attention to that, um, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. And that leads me to why I always love interviewing and talking to you because there is so much tech overload and tech overwhelm. And by the time I feel like I may have mastered a, a social platform, there's something else there. And so I love turning to you to say like, so what do you think, for example, these new Instagram stories, like how is that different from Snapchat? And, you know, so I'd love to hear your insights on those, on, on, the innovations that are happening so quickly and how do people stay on top of it? Because for me and for lots of my clients, it is a juggle. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, it's a, it's a great question and certainly listening to the tech cat show helps, but, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I think you have to break these things down. Like with Instagram, you know, it's Facebook, right? And when you think about anything that Facebook is going to do and the power of their data and their ability to, you know, sort of really serve up, uh, advertising solutions and also manage audience flow. Um, I think that you have to sort of really pay attention to anything that they do. So um, certainly there are there's a different cultural aspect to Instagram and um, Snapchat, um, and they do different things better. Um, but I think you know you we're, we're going to need to pay attention to Instagram stories because anything that Facebook is behind, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're going to be able to pour traffic into it. Mm -hmm. um, without you even knowing, you know, um, and it, and it's just like Facebook live right now, which I just love, um, the concept of, and yeah. I've been using that more and more less with, um, Periscope, although I really do like Periscope as well. And obviously YouTube and lively and all these other platforms that are coming out. But I, I think you just have to go back to the basics of who are you trying to reach and where are they? Um, and so one of the reasons why I love Facebook Live is because right now the algorithm is such that they really do help you build an audience. Like they put that feed inside of other people's feeds and they're doing that right now to, to get you to love them and then they'll start charging for that. But right. you know, that's, and that's the tricky part. And I just got in the mail, my, um, my live stream Mevo camera. Have you heard about that one? No. What's that? It is so cool. So it's, it's called MEVO Mevo and live stream actually debuted it at, debuted it at CES 2016. And I think it was called something else and they changed the name, but it is basically a 4k, live camera that you know streams directly into Facebook and wow. it's and it's like the size of your palm but it's 4K so when you um actually shoot you can shoot you know wide enough in that aspect ratio to handle 4K and then when you're watching the video in the app you can actually like zoom in to different sections of that file of that image because it's 4K and so there's so much data in there Mm. That, that you don't need seven cameras. You can actually shoot something fairly wide and then through touch, zoom in on the different speakers and, and sort of create your own experience with, uh, with the content. So, wow. so, so solutions like that really interest me. Like I just sent a Mevo 
to a theater company, um, Impro Theater, who are based in Los Angeles, and they're just this wonderful um, theater company that do uh, improv, and they create um, improv under show styles, like they have a Jane Austen improv, and they have a um, Tennessee Williams one, and um, they're starting to play with live video. And so I sent them this camera because I know in the hands of artists that they will really do amazing things with that 4K camera. Um, and so I think the live area is really interesting. Even if your audience is small, it's still like a broadcast out to your people. I agree. And um, one question, tell me that the Mevo doesn't cost 4K. No, it does. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Sandy Abrams. Um, no, it does not. It was uh, three or four hundred dollars. I think I got a special on it, so it was maybe two. But I think it's three or four, and they just everyone just got theirs. A lot of people had ordered them like over five months ago, and we were just waiting. So I haven't even used it yet. It's sitting in my box, and I, um, I can't wait to plan something with it. But um, I, I think that that's another interesting thing because you and I talk a lot about doing podcasts at conferences because I really believe in grabbing thought leadership at business conferences and then interviewing those thought leaders and then attaching a little sponsored message so that, you know, the content is sponsored, but it's also contextual and relevant. And then you send it out to the world um, in the form of podcasts. And um, what a lot of podcasters are doing is shooting themselves podcasting with Facebook Live or with Periscope or something else. So now you have the main sort of purpose of the of the interview being audio, but then you're live streaming it as well. And so you're banging on a lot of different content channels to get that content out. Yeah, I think it's, I also love if I missed a Facebook Live and it's the end of the day and I happen to be looking at my Facebook stream that I could that still see your Facebook Live content. Whereas Periscope, it wasn't so accessible. If I missed your live Periscope, I wasn't really finding that. And so uh, that's what I love about seeing people's Facebook live um, streams is that it's still available. Yeah, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't disappear. And now with Periscope, you can put hash save and it will save the, uh, the video um, and you can go back to it. But, um, and, and I know that you can do that with Vine and Instagram now and save everything to camera rolls and start to you know, repurpose them. And I do know a lot of influencers. I've heard many influencers like big YouTubers and Instagrammers and Viners and Snapchatters all kind of saying they favor the one platform that they're on and they're, they're getting paid to create content on. But they do post everything to other you know, channels just so stuff is everywhere. Exactly. Do you, do you think that's know, important? I do think it's important because um, just if somebody finds you on their on their favorite platform, at least you know you've made yourself visible on their platform. But you can drive them over to the one like those YouTubers will drive them over to YouTube or whatever. But they need to have a presence on Snapchat because a lot of the people who would appreciate their content are living on Snapchat. So yeah, I think it's important to have even a small presence on several platforms and then drive people to where you want to focus on. Do you, do you think also that over time a lot of this stuff will become really standardized and normal? Gosh, I don't know. I feel like that's a question for you. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm ready for that time because, as I said, it is, it's hard to kind of be everywhere and do, you know, do everything. But I, I, what I love is kind of what you said, that Instagram – and Facebook and, you know, people are 
when these acquisitions happen and you can have kind of two platforms integrated into one, I think a lot of benefits come from that. And so, uh, but, but then again, it, it's fun having other platforms and I think that there'll always be innovation over the next several years and we should just kind of, that this is the new normal, I think, getting used to new platforms coming along and seeing what, what's happening with each of them. I, and I also think, you know, we're in such early days that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like live video, live video will literally probably be like normal and the dominant broadcast method, you know, because it won't really matter how the content gets to you anyway, what the pipe is, but it's the sort of behavioral approach to that platform. I agree. And I love like for you and I to be at a conference and be able to share the content with people because it's hard. There's so many amazing conferences all the time and you simply cannot be at everything. So when people share live content from an event where you're not there, I think it's just really an amazing thing to be able to kind of experience it still just from your laptop. Or yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be really interesting days, uh, you know, over the next six months um, to see which live platform will also, um, you know, which one rises uh, up um, above them all. Um, the other thing I've been watching lately, too, is, um, you know, what, how things are, how things influence and have cultural impact even outside of their own platform. So, like, right now, Snapchat, people just love those face, face, facial filters. Yeah. Um, what are they called exactly? They're called, uh, um, like the one that looks like a fairy that everybody's posting. Yeah. The, yeah. The one that looks like a fairy or the one that makes you breathe fire or whatever it is. But now you're seeing all these apps launch that just do that to your face. And then I have a six year old who plays with that all the time and she doesn't know Snapchat. She just knows that this is this cool thing you do. And so that's interesting to me too, the impact that a trend has, a content trend has across our culture beyond just what the original format of it was. It's so true. The one-offs are becoming kind of having a life of their own. It's true. And when you were at Sage, was there anything that you were really surprised by, like any new platform or any app or anything that people were like really blown away by? Well, people were blown away by Sage using bots now, which I'm sure you're talking about. And they have one called PEG, P-E-G-G, which is like with the the up-to-the-minute accounting software that people can use, small business owners can use. Um, it's, It's a whole new thing that I just found to be really amazing. And I was going to ask you about this, the, the, and I, they talked about artificial intelligence and the bots and that whole thing. I love, I love, I love that topic. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about bots and artificial intelligence. (laughs) And also where does, where do you, Sandy, you know, how do you keep up? There's so much going on. How do you keep up? I'd love to hear how, how you keep informed as a, um, a small business entrepreneur. So we're going to be back in the moment on a tech, the tech cat show with Sandy Abrams, the entrepreneurial insights maven. Ta-da! <laughs> Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? 
From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Rocking out to my music. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking to Sandy Abrams, who is a entrepreneurial insights maven, just knows everything about starting small businesses. And Sandy, where do you find out the most about the world of small business? Like, are there websites that you go to or certain Twitter feeds or how do, how do you keep up to date in this world? Well, I love to read, um, yeah, a bunch of things from Wall Street Journal. I love Mashable. I love Huffington Post Business Vertical, you know, and I love going to conferences. As you know, I feel like there there's definitely a mix of things. You know, you'll start to read about the same topics online a bit, but when you're in real life with other business people and entrepreneurs, I find the most interesting insights. You know, from just talking to people and asking questions and. Um, so I think it's really important that people balance their on and offline lives um, within their industry. I think it is super important to attend industry events locally as well as you know out of your area, and so to mix that knowledge of online and off. And did you um, did Sage, for instance, have an app um, at the summit? Yes, they did. There was, was a great engaging app. Yeah. It was a great engaging app because what I've noticed now is that apps at conferences, especially niche ones like Sage, and, and when I say niche, I mean singularly focused around a business topic as opposed to a consumer electronics show, which is about anything inside of technology, you know, but whereas Sage is really about small business owners and, um, and their, ultimately their, their software offerings. Mm-hmm. But um, what I found is, is that um, the apps become major networking solutions. Now they're, they're mapping people by keyword and they're helping you find each other. Um, I went to a really cool conference called World Z last week, which is put on by the guy that does um, Patel, which is this really high-end, uh, very connected, famous people conference, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did things at World Z, like when you walk into the conference, there's like 100 people clapping for you. Yep. Um, you know, it's like, it's like my childhood, you know, um, I love that where all my, uh, relatives were like, Oh, you're fantastic. <laughs> right. Um, wait until you get to the real world where you're really not fantastic. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but what I loved about it was they had these brain dates and literally people would post, this is what I like to talk about. And then you would say, okay, I'd like to talk to you about that. And then you go and you sit down with them and really what they were doing is pitching their business, mm-hmm. but it fostered networking. Because I I chose people that were talking about topics I was interested in, and I didn't care that it was a sales pitch. I wanted to find out about that topic, and it forced that to happen, and it helped manage you in your schedule. Um, Did you find that that was true with the the Sage Summit app? 
Smart. Um, you know what? Honestly, I, I was so busy at the conference between giving my workshops and then I was in there. They have this great mentorship neighborhood. I did not utilize the app to its full capacity, but it, it was great for planning as well. Like they had so many different workshops and speakers and different things to go to. So um, it was a way of keeping organized as well as connected. But um, I did not spend as much time as I could have on the app just because I was immersed in, you well, know. You were, you were actually providing content, you know. Yes. You weren't just attending, which, which always makes it difficult to actually, you know, do the stuff that's there for the attendees. But, um, well, I, I've just found it to be really interesting that these apps now are becoming sort of, you know, the guiding light at these conferences to help you, you know, get the best out of, you know, the expense yes. of, go of going too. And what about, um, have you been noticing a phenomena of a lot of, you know, beaconing at conferences where you, you get a message because you walked by something or telling you to go to a certain room at a certain time? Yes. And I think I find it really interesting. And I think it's something that small business owners can can take the can can learn from that because I, as a small business owner, it's hard to find a way to look at all the data that you were you were talking about earlier. And I think that just seeing an example of that makes you realize, oh wow, they're obviously analyzing things. They know so much about me, and they're sending messages that are piquing my interest because. They know what's going on. So I think it's important, um, you know, that small business owners also learn from that and learn how to analyze the data that we can find from who's visiting our website and, you know, simple Google Analytics stuff because this is what needs to happen is because when you're doing that extremely targeted marketing, you are finding the right people for your message. And you're right. That's what's happening at the trade shows. And it's extremely effective and useful. Uh, I think also um, they've, that the technology has gotten a lot better, um, you know, a lot more, um, you know, it just works now. Like it used to be the beaconing didn't really work so good. So now it feels much more organic. Yes. Um, what about, um, are there any uh, blog, blog sites or things that you go to or Twitter feeds that you find really, really insightful? Well, I've, I've been pretty good about my own Twitter feed as, as far as following people um, that I find insightful as well as, um, you know, different journalists and different, different papers and stuff like that. So I suggest that people, um, you know, that you start to really focus on your Facebook feed or your own Twitter feed so that your stream, you know, encompasses all of the sites that you like to look at. And I also love finding new ones. So I'm not so much a creature of habit in that way where I only check specific feeds every day. I like, I like seeing also if somebody posts a link to something, this is where I can spend so much time online. It's like if, you know, you post something that's a link to something that I'm not familiar with, I'll go there and then I start to dive deeper and deeper and because there's just an endless source of, um, of news that's out there and, and I like finding new sources all the time rather than you know, following a set few. Yeah, I, 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 t I totally appreciate what you're saying. I actually enjoy your, your Twitter feed as well because, again, you're bringing in that niche content around small business and entrepreneurs that is not in my wheelhouse. And so then I get to go down that path with you mm -hmm. and the curation that you're driving. And then you, in, your, in my head, you're my small business expert. 
Well, thank you. You know, um, (laughs) (laughs) so that's what's, I mean, I also like some of those sites like the skim S K I M M that, you know, the skim too. And I love, I also love the information, um, which is a subscription thing, but it's, it's very affordable. And I like that too, because it's a non like snobby, easy to digest way to understand what's happening in Silicon Valley. Yes. Um, which I find sometimes when I read the Wall Street Journal or some of these other things, I just, I mean, I'm just like, what are you trying to say, man? Like, <laughs> right. To, and you, know, if you are, can you imagine us regular people outside of tech? Yeah, well, the, some of these MBAs write like they're still publishing a white paper or something. And I'm just like, okay, I just fell asleep and I crashed my car. Could you please, <laughs> <laughs> could you please write this in a way that is good prose as well as informative, you know? Yes. Well, you know who's great at doing that in the Wall Street Journal is Joanna Stern. Ooh, okay. It, it, I mean, she she kind of dumbs it down for people like me that want to follow tech but are outside of it. And she's just, she always has a great column. And recently, of course, it was on Pokemon Go. And, um, <laughs> but, but she's always, you know, it's, it's, it's regular speak. So it's, it's yeah, a- I love that. And I think that that's really important. So, um, we're going to have to wrap up soon. Um, I mean, Sandy and I talk all the time, but I'm glad that you guys got to, to hear from her. Where are you going to be speaking, teaching, hanging out next? Next week I will be at magic, which is the big fashion trade show. I do the entrepreneurial interviews for them there. So that's in Vegas, um, August, 14th through 17th. So I'll be there and I'll be sharing all sorts of entrepreneurial stories from the exhibitors at that fashion trade show all week on, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So follow along for those stories. And then tell us what your Twitter feed is. At Sandy Abrams. And then we can find you also on HuffPost. Uh, Do we just look at it for Sandy Abrams on HuffPost? Yes. And are you teaching yoga too? I don't teach, but I am, I am practicing pretty much every day. It's definitely, as you know, it's, it's part of my schedule and part of the routine that is just non-negotiable for me. I do, I do like that about you. Like, I know I'm not going to reach you before like 10 or 11, <laughs> right. um, which is fine because I have, you know, stuff I got to get going, even when I desperately have to talk to you. I and know. You're so funny. Well, sometimes <laughs> I'm done by eight. I'll go to a, you know, 630 class or something. Um, so, but yeah, I always will fit it in. No matter yeah. the time I have to get up, it's just, I'm so much, you know, the clarity that I get from, from that in the morning is really kind of key to the way I yeah. operate. Yeah. And, and when you're managing your own business, you have to manage your stress. Like you are just you as do. responsible about managing your psychological and physical health, especially as an entrepreneur. I think it's even more important because everything is on you. Like if you can't get up one day, your business does not move forward. Absolutely. You know, so it's very imperative to take care of your mental and physical health. Or in my case, just have some dark chocolate around because that, that <laughs> really does it for me. And thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Well, Sandy Abrams, my entrepreneurial insights maven. It is great talking to you. Check out also Sandy's book, which is still available on Amazon, Your Idea, Inc., And just Google her. You'll find a ton of content. She's always publishing. And it's been a great joy to have you today on the Tech Cat Show. Thank you, Tech Cat. And join us next week where we hear from more fabulous people, probably not as fabulous as Sandy Abrams. (laughs) We'll we'll try. I'll try and make them look good. Um, We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great day. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 